0: Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Disconnect to Connect podcast. This is Lore. I am your host, and I am extremely excited to share really, really good news with you guys. So as you know, we are launching VCA or the Virtual Coach Academy soon, but I decided to launch a crash course before that. And you know, for years, I've been working on helping myself and my clients find their purpose, the true meaning behind their lives their passions, how to use them, how to stop procrastinating, motivation, manifestation, health, wellness, and all the do's and don'ts, how to stay motivated. And I've realized that there are many things that we can implement globally and others that we can implement individually. So I came up with the Goal Getter Roadmap in which you will learn the very own system that we use in my company called Objective Key Results. And I will teach you exactly How to set goals, how to track your goals, how to reach them, and how to maintain yourself focused and motivated. Now, I want this to be a no brainer for you because we are about to end 2022, right? We only have one quarter left. So, me and my team decided that to treat you guys because it will be the very own, the very first edition and the very own time that we will do this with a live class. The prize will be, drumroll please, only 57 just for the first edition. So if you want to be on the wait list and be able to grab the course with the live class and also at this super accessible and no-brainer like prize, go ahead and click on the link below. Now, just to continue with another surprise, if you're listening to this on October 5th, or just a few weeks afterwards we are giving a free online masterclass with utel university this is utel and this will be a class taught in spanish now utel is the number one online university in mexico and if i'm not mistaken also in Latin america i am truly honored to be a guest again And share my knowledge through their platform and hopefully guide you, aid you and inspire you to reclaim your freedom by teaching you how to create your very own profitable, scalable and purposeful online business. Now we can dive deep into copy, criticism, envy and success today because we are going to have a very vulnerable episode Ironically, though, I am going to begin by talking about a trend that is going on on TikTok. And this is Ariana Grande's interview in which she says, Well, I could have said the song's about Ricky, never mind his trash, but I didn't. And creators have accommodated this to their own niche and their own experiences. And there's two cases that I've seen most prominently. So one is about friendships, and they will focus on how friendships have grown apart. So I could have said, and then they say all of the honest points, and then they say, but I didn't. I just said, we grew apart. And I've also seen this with bosses and of how they're letting people go off, letting go of people. And me as a friend and as a boss, every time I see these videos, I'm thinking, but why? Why didn't you say it? Say it nicely. But say it. You know what I mean? Like, I think there is so much more power in being honest and so much more that that person can learn from. And I'm not saying that you have to just throw dirty laundry around, but if someone is asking us the reason of something, and yes, the issue may be coming from this person. The things that this person has been doing or maybe saying or the lack of certain aptitudes or lack of certain virtues that we would expect as a friend or as a boss if the person is asking and yes the issue is coming from them but then you are struggling to deliver the reason of this you are struggling to be to be a person that's honest you are struggling to put it in a way that the other person can understand it, then there is a whole other issue and that issue falls on you. Now, I am someone that to me is very important to let go of things that no longer serve you. And yes, I am an amid minimalist. And I also think the same way for relationships and friendships. And I'm not saying this is always easy and that we need to start criticizing and teaching all of our friends But we can be honest, especially if the person is asking. A few months ago, I went to have lunch with someone and we were having this kind of conversation. And the lack of of honesty coming from the other person just made me repel so much. The situation, the relationship, just all of it. And then of course, I went home and asked myself, okay, why is this bothering me so much? I know it's a lack of honesty, but why? And I came to the conclusion that this is, in the end, it's about integrity. It's about who we are. And it's not only the things that we're asking for and that we're needing, but if we're not able to voice them to set expectations and set limits and set boundaries and set non-negotiables and admire and receive and give and create, then we are lacking we are failing to ourselves if we cannot voice what is important to us. And now let me be clear, this goes both ways. It's not only to say the things that we don't like and that it can be this uncomfortable scenarios and situations that we have in our minds. This also goes to expressing the things that we admire and appreciate and wish we could become from other people. And I believe that the first time I came upon this so intentionally and I was in such state of awe was after I graduated college, some of my family came to celebrate the graduation with me and then we did a trip and I have this friend, she's like a ray of sunshine. She truly enlightens your life and everyone that's around her and I am such a fan of her her accomplishments, her goals, and her friendship. And we were talking about um, an experience that she had lived volunteering. And of course I asked and my family was listening. And once we were stepping outside of the restaurant, my sister, who had met her just maybe 24 hours ago, just came to her, sort of grabbed her and told her how impressed she was and to continue doing what she was doing. This is one of my sisters. And In that moment, I was really impressed. I thought, wow, that also takes courage. That also implies so much vulnerability. And that can also be uncomfortable until you make it not uncomfortable. And preaching and celebrating yourself and others just becomes a natural state of yours. I was recently at one of my favorite restaurants in the city called King, and my chef is, my chef. My cousin is actually the chef at this restaurant. And once I was done eating, she came to the table, and one of her bosses was around, and a friend off. And we ended up all joining, having some wine, and I could hear her boss, or one of her bosses, expressing how much she admires My cousin, not only because of her work and her as a chef, but also her as a person, all of the things that she was saying of her professionally, personally, and as a mother to me was, well, yes, one, I am so happy that she's so appreciative of such a wonderful person, but also seeing that level of vulnerability, that to me is the ultimate strength and the ultimate power. And that can be easily diminished or put into testing waters when we are around criticism. So the first instance that I want to talk about is when we are criticizing others. As you know, I work with a lot of emerging coaches and emerging influencers, and there is this constant fear of criticism, self-criticism, and also public criticism. And I want you to ask yourself, if you're going through this, whose voice are you listening to? Because are you listening to your own voice or are you listening to your classmate when you were four years old or your elementary school or junior high best friend that you barely ever talk to anymore? How do those opinions matter today? And Usually, when we are so afraid of criticism, it's because we've been a part of that world or we are still part of that world, meaning you are also criticizing others, whether they are also in the coaching and influencing industry or simply in general. They could be lawyers, bankers, another mom, another friend, but we are actively participating in the act of criticizing others and this obviously puts a lot of trust into perspective and into doubt. And it also will lower a lot of your energy to the point that it can get you sick. And then it can get you sick by worrying and being so anxious. But of course, if you are an active participant per se of criticism, who are you to not receive it? And I think the first step for this is acknowledging, stopping, And being brave enough to either say, you know, I don't want to be a part of this conversation or how about we switch topics or, you know, maybe that person's doing the best that they can and we can't really understand or see because of this. Or even saying things as like, you know, this is my niche too. I don't feel too comfortable talking about this because it is also hard on me to do X, Y, and Z. And that will be the first step for you to stop criticism. And then go ahead and look for friendships and conversations that on the opposite are uplifting people and celebrating people and recognizing people's efforts and what they're putting out there. Because once you're out there, you're already playing. The rest are not really. And those are just opinions that are almost not exactly valid. And this takes me to my second point on criticism itself, and there's a whole other episode here in the podcast that is three ways to deal smartly with criticism. And if you're struggling with it, I invite you to go and listen to that episode. Um, but today, what I do want to focus on is, again, ask yourself whose voice are you listening to? But also, how is this how is this opinion important? Because if this is coming from a person that does not understand your industry, is not even trying to achieve their goals, and has not achieved anything in life that you are wanting to achieve, how is that opinion or criticism important? And the last point that I want to get to is, again, going back to whose voice are you listening to just in a different way. So I remember before starting my business, being worried of, I guess, failure and not selling enough and not having sold out courses or people that would be interested in my methodology. And people being afraid of people questioning like, how are you going to do this, an actual company? And are you truly going to pay taxes? Why don't you test this first? And me thinking, well, how are you thinking about this? Because while some people may be thinking this is not going to work, I was thinking this is going to work. What if it does work instead of what if if it doesn't work? And my whole process was about taking it as professionally as possible. And every time I would ask myself, Um, what would this person, people that I admire, you know, digital entrepreneurs that are truly out there doing the thing, walking the walk, how would they go about this? And I guess if I give another example would be maybe how, how does Jeff Bezos manage us, right? How does he manage, how does Jeff Bezos manage his company? It's not like one day he wakes up and says, well, today we're not going to deliver this. And, you know, I rather just stay in bed and this is not going to work out. It's more of a matter of principle and making things run smoothly and professionally. And with this fear of failure of the goals that I would set and think and having people maybe thinking, how is she going to reach six figures, which is, you know, mindfulness. Me thinking, well, says who? Because I, I know that I can and I know that I will. And there's these people that have already achieved it. So truly, I say that I, I think that if, I would summarize The portion of criticism is back to whose voice are you listening to? And then my last sub point of criticism would be are you listening to your self voice or your mastering constellation, as I call it, or are you listening to your ego and fear and shame? And this leads me to the second point, which is copy. And this used to be so hard on me to the point that is embarrassing to admit because I remember when I was young, it'd be, you remember when we had like all different cell phones, right? It wasn't a thing like, oh, most people have iPhones or there was a time that a lot of people had Blackberries. And today, you know, there can be a lot of like Samsung and iPhones, I guess, but there was a period of time, which there would be a lot of brands and models all around. And I have bought this very different one that I loved. And my best friends would come to me and ask like, is it okay if I buy the same phone and I would have to think about it? It would like actually bother me. I don't know why. <laughs> and it is borderline ridiculous. but copy would just really it would be so, so, so hard on me. And I remember once um, I was talking about this perfume that I had, you know, like I had loved the scent. And then one of my sisters told my other sister that I was copying her because I wanted that perfume. And then the oldest one came and told me that, how could, how could I do that? Because the scents that we connect with, those are so personal. And I remember this had a scent of vanilla since I was a kid, I would buy like, we're asked to have this vanilla lip glosses and everything was vanilla, everything that I would like. And everyone knew that. And I knew that I was not copying anyone, even though it wouldn't, it would have not been wrong. I knew that I was not copying anyone and I was just staying true to what I like and sharing something. But that really hurt me. I felt that it was so unfair, so, so, so unfair. And now I have a completely different perspective on it. I know that every time like I would call her something and a friend would try to do it similar. Well, first of all, I think I thought maybe too much of myself because constantly I was thinking that people were copying me. And that came from a lot of insecurity, of course. But also, I remember you know, family members telling me, well, just take it as something cool. That means that you're doing things right. That means that you can almost take it as a compliment. And I just, I couldn't, I also didn't want to, but I just, I would not allow myself to do that. And now that I've grown and specifically, I will focus this a little bit more on the content creator niche and industry it truly is a compliment to me. Um, I think it was like two years ago, I would receive certain reels and posts of someone that, mind you, has a much bigger account than mine. And it would be a lot of truly similar content. We can put it that way. And at some point, it just started adding up and adding up. And it was bothering me, truly bothering me. And I called a friend, talked to my coach at the time, and started working on it and healing this. And I'm glad. I'm glad that this person was borrowing or copying or getting inspired by my content. It doesn't matter because it allowed me to start this healing journey alongside copying and what it means, specifically also in the digital world, right? Because it is so much easier. And then I, I joined another course, and she would be talking with another um content creator, and she would be talking about this as well and how you can just take it as a compliment and knowing that you're doing things right. And here is the thing that as long as you are being truly authentic and truly honest, back to honesty, right? Truly honest to yourself, to your voice, to your values, then no one's going to be like you. And to be honest, I heard this a couple times before, if not more, and it would not click until it did. And it did because it was a moment that I was truly comfortable on my skin, truly comfortable with my values, my style, my coaching style, my coaching methodology, the way I share content, the, how creative I am and how I am connecting with my audience. And I think one of the reasons why it bothered me so much is because I would get this impression that maybe this person, because she had a much bigger account, that maybe she was connecting a lot better with her own audience. And it was a time that I was struggling to connect with my audience and create, converting an audience into a community. And also, it was a time that I was thinking, well, maybe this person's selling a lot more. And it wasn't a competition, but it was still somehow hurting me and bothering me and annoying me. And creators, if you're listening to this, I do want you to know there's a very big difference between getting inspired and borrowing someone's content. I believe I mentioned this in the last episode, how um, the most successful people that I know and that I've heard speaking, they quote, people that they've learned from. They quote people. They say, I learned this from whomever. This person taught me this. I heard this on a conversation. I thought about this because of this person. And I think that just comes with a lot of confidence. And that also shows how much you're constantly around these conversations and honoring your growth and other pe- other people's ideas. And Also, before, I believe I was attracting a lot more of this, you know, like I would receive all of these reels and posts from friends um, or prospect clients or clients telling me or colleagues even, look at this, oh my gosh, here we go again. And funny enough, at some point when I started truly healing this, I stopped receiving those messages, even though it was still happening, I was not paying attention to it. And I guess people realized it was not really helping me. It just naturally had its own course on change. Until (laughs) a little while ago, someone messaged me um, another time about the same person. And that one was almost a little bit too much just because my very first program was called The Mind Factory. And this person had the audacity of calling her program The Mind Project. And apart from so many things that had already come way too similar, questionably similar than it was this name, but it didn't even bother me. I read that and I said, cool, it must mean I'm doing something right. If, if this person truly got inspired from me, well, then my name is super cool. And yes, she may have an account that is maybe more than 10 times bigger than I am. So all I'm hoping is that she's as authentic so that people can truly learn from her program, The Mind Project, just as I hope and expect and work hard for people to learn from The Mind Factory. And in the end, all of those feelings that are not exactly the most positive and the nicest to be having and thinking and feeling, just go away. This was a matter of, okay, sure, she can be doing this. I will continue doing my thing and we will all continue doing our things. And it did not bother me. Um, but recently though, um, you guys probably follow my series that I tend to share most Fridays that are called, Take What You Need. And because I value you guys' opinion so much, and I have so much fun talking to you guys, I did a poll and I said, how should we call this? Should we call this take what you need or have a matcha with me? Because most of the time I come, this mantras and affirmations and small reminders come to my mind as I'm having my matcha or sitting down. And I feel like it's almost like I could be sitting down with any of you at a cafe and I'd be drinking a matcha with you and we'd be talking about these things and telling each other these things. And it was also a way of let's connect as friends too that most of you voted, take what you need. And I love that too, because I'm thinking, well, it's the end of the week, you're taking what you need. Maybe this was a reminder that you needed today, so go for it. And I came across um, another coach's Instagram that also has a bigger account. And it said, Monday off, take what you need. And I was like, same, same style, same sharing, same mantras, and it bothered me for maybe five minutes, not gonna lie. And then I thought, you know what? If we can share more of these messages that will say, Lunes, they take what you need, or Friday of take what you need, or whatever. I'm not saying everyone go ahead and do the same, but we are in a digital space where we get inspired constantly from other people, right? And from the world, and from nature, and from other mentors. And if more and more and more people can start taking little pieces that they need from truly authentic voices, then they will become even more authentic people. And therefore, the world will be full of more authentic people that are fulfilling their purposes and working them through their passions. And that has been such a game changer to me. I truly now do take it as a compliment. And I'm thinking, okay, if my purpose is to help individuals reclaim their freedom and this is gonna help them then let's go for it let's hold hands and let's do this together and i just want you to remember that authentic- authenticity is what will drive others to you whether you're wanting to become a successful virtual coach and you are here or you're wanting to achieve your goals or you have wonderful friendships or are trying to form even better friendships know that what will drive success to you and which will, what will make you become even more magnetic, just naturally magnetic, uh, all of these opportunities and people and experiences will be your authenticity. And being authentic means honoring your truth, which again brings us back to honesty and integrity. So mainly just being yourself. And I find that when we see others being their most authentic version, or we are leaving our most authentic version, ourselves, that can attract, not attract, but that can awaken some form of, my third point, envy or frustration. But I would like to actually call it this uncomfort. And I remember growing up, learning how terrible envy is, right? How we should not feel it, and we should ignore it. And until at some point, I realized, why are we ignoring this? How about we learn from it? Because it's definitely coming here to tell us a message, right? And this week, the beta clients of VCA were receiving the very first week of VCA, and I'm so excited about it, and they're learning wonderful things. And on the first week, we actually focus on the basis no one talks about, meaning habits, mindset shifts, purpose, the mindset that you need abundance, how to tweak your mind, how to actually build long-lasting habits. We're applying a lot of neurology and organization. And the last lesson of the first module or the first week is actually called, You Can Do It All. And that is how to apply organization and combine that with human design. And this part to me is so important because I know firsthand, and I've also seen it multiple times with wonderful clients and patients, how Just the idea of making others feel uncomfortable or that others may envy us can stop us, can just make us stay steady and still and not move closer to our goals. And that is sad. And that is interesting to me because I'm going to break this down in three parts. First of all, if you are feeling envious or frustrated that you don't have something, I want you to ask yourself why. What is it that this other person has that I would also like to have? And then I would like you to ask yourself, how can I achieve that? And then the third question I want you to ask yourself is, what am I actively doing to achieve that goal? And multiple times, we think we're doing a lot for it. And then we realize we're barely doing anything or we're not doing it with our authenticity, with integrity, And constantly, consistently, with attention and with intention. And it just takes that whole moment of truth, hopefully, by you journaling and realizing that you're not working that hard to get to that goal. And you're not only envying or feeling frustrated or uncomfortable because a person has something that you want, but more so because you are not working towards it. You're not really taking the steps and somehow this person managed to. So this is when I love coaching and I love when people come to me because I will help you how to get there, right? Um, But I also want you to realize that Envy can be a wonderful mentor. We are feeling Envy because we can be better, because there's more space for growth. And this makes me think of, nature and trees, trees never, ever, ever stop growing. Meaning there's always room for more, for more growth, for more abundance, for more lessons, for more success, for more happiness, for more people, for more quality. And that to me is wonderful and extremely inspiring. Now I do want to teach you about the two types of envy that we may feel. And the first one is when we see someone that has something that we would want. So for instance, why is that brand contacting this person? Why is this person able to sell this match? How can this person be in that city and not me? How can they live there and not me? How can they afford this and not me? And this usually comes from a place of knowing that you can also achieve it, but you haven't done it yet. And that type of thought of why her not me, why him not me, comes from knowing that you are capable of it. So going back to the three journal prompts that we just did, now I want you to do an extra one and asking yourself of what am I doing today and what can I do today to get closer to that goal? And that will help you every day. If you're asking yourself and you're doing 1% better every day and working 1% more to reach that goal, by the end of the year, you're 300% closer. More actually, right? And the second type of envy comes from when we see someone achieving something or having something and we are hoping for things to fall off. We're hoping, I hope the deal doesn't go through. I hope she can actually not afford the house. I hope he can actually not move there. I hope the program doesn't go well or whatever. And this second type of Envy usually comes from feeling lost and not knowing where to begin and not truly knowing what you want, but just feeling this frustration and carrying this very own heaviness and baggage of your own of not knowing where to start because you are not even sure of what you want. So for this type of envy, I invite you to start asking yourself, what mission do you think you have in life? What are things that truly enlighten you? What are things that Light you up and what are things that do the opposite? What do you think you're good at? And what are things that you realize that you have a strength on? What are things that people are constantly asking you for advice? And go from there. Start combining what you're good at, what is profitable, what will have an impact and what will you enjoy doing and work towards those goals. And of course, if you're struggling and you don't know how to even set goals or you've already set a lot of goals and you create these action plans that you don't follow, well, then definitely the Goal Getter Roadmap is for you because that used to be me for most of my life, my whole life, you know? I would create these action plans and have this crazy, insane And just truly innovative ideas, and I just would not follow through. Even though I would have an action plan step by step, because I was not working with myself and for myself, I was not connected to my purpose. I didn't even know of human design, let alone of how to maintain myself motivated, because as we've talked about, it is not just about discipline, It comes with motivation and purpose. And you can read more about this on the blog posts and also by hearing the very last episode of the podcast, so the previous one to this. But today, I truly want you to restructure and redefine the way you think about envy. Allow yourself to feel it. Do not neglect it, just like we don't neglect negative emotions, as we call them, and learn from what you're wanting and from your goals truly allow yourself to learn because for years i stopped myself from becoming successful or this used to be one of my excuses and my limiting beliefs and a an energetic core that was still there of making someone that i love feel uncomfortable because of my success until i realized this is not my responsibility and it is not like my drive was or is or will be to make others feel uncomfortable But that can sometimes and often be a gift. The moment someone else feels uncomfortable is usually the moment that something will change and that will drive and create a cue and a motivation and a reward and a result. And hence, the person will change their lives. So I truly invite you to restructure envy because it comes with a lot of responsibility of what are we actually doing and working for and being truly honest with ourselves. A good, good, good tool for this is journaling. So go and do the journaling prompts that I just recommend that grab your journal and allow yourself to be 200% honest with yourself. Go back to the power of vulnerability and get to know yourself even better. Which brings me to my last point of this conversation, which is success. And I find that, yes, responsibility is key for being successful. And this means that we will hold, we will be responsible for our emotions, for our feelings, for our successes, for our failures. If you struggle with the fear of failure, the previous episode definitely is for you. We talk about it and how helpful they are. But successful people, they all share certain habits. And yes, you will hear about, you know, these habits of, waking up early and um, keeping this structure, but it goes also beyond that. So today I want to share with you five habits that I find most, if not all successful people have. And throughout the years, I I love meeting people. I love networking and I love taking advantage that I'm in New York City and that I can constantly meet other coaches, other content creators, authors, podcast hosts, chefs, Um, Yesterday, I met two Oprah Oprah singers, and the accessibility that we have to meeting all of these people on different industries and being successful, but by keeping similar patterns and similar habits, I decided to put on a list and share that with you. So let's go into it. The very first one is that they set time to get to know themselves. And I think one of the best ways to do this is through a mindfulness routine. Now, if you join the Goal Getter Roadmap, I will teach you if you need like to actually set a routine, how basic it should be, and or if you have the steps and then you know what to pick in the morning. Now, this we'll find out according to human design. But for today and today's episode, I do want you to know that a mindfulness routine is one of the best ways to get to know yourself and jumpstart yourself, your creativity, your productivity levels, how focused you can be and sharpen your thoughts. Um, usually this will consist on four parts. So the first one, you will be connecting to your body and I want you to sweat and release. And then I want you to meditate or pray and journal. And this two, which I combine into one is usually connecting to your soul. And then lastly, I want you to connect to your mind and to consume. This can be podcast episodes like this one, or this can be reading books or reading blogs, but I want you to get to know yourself. And this also means getting to know what type of diet works for you. And by this, I do not mean fat fat diets, but, um, what will actually help you, what nourishes your body and your mind. Also finding the right time periods to work, you know, according to your energy levels. Um, comprehending, if if you're a female, getting to know your menstrual, your menstrual cycle and how it affects you and your body, how it affects your sexual drive, how it affects how sharpen your thoughts are, your energy levels, um, how to implement this when working. Another big one is discerning what you're feeling and what is troubling your mind. So once you have all of this, um, you will be 10 steps higher because the more that you know yourself, the better leader that you can be, the better coach that you can be, the better that you can understand your clients and your patients. Now, the second habit that I find unsuccessful people is that they surround themselves with people that lift them up. And I think this one goes so well with today's theme of the episode of surrounding yourself with people that will actually be proud of you and happy for you. Um, This is a great way of implementing gratitude. Gratitude is such a wonderful mindfulness tool. It invites you to be in the present moment right here, right now. It helps you focus more, make better decisions. And in fact, because I've been reading this book called Growing Young, um, having healthy relationships account for almost 30% of increased longevity. How Insane. So I do want you to start implementing this into your life and being a little bit more, I guess the word could be picky of who you want to be part of your life and how you want to integrate that and also how you want to show up for others. Because again, it goes both ways. Now, the third one is that they take care of their environment and their surroundings. And our surroundings truly have a huge impact on us. Ask yourself why you feel so relaxed at the beach maybe or while you're on an airplane and why being in an airplane actually stresses other people out. Um, Why the mountains can expand you so much and make you feel so abundant. Why water does that for some people while air can do that for others and fire can do that for others or certain colors and certain textures, designs. They all have a meaning and there's a reason why we connect with those. So I invite you to, at least at the beginning, start making your bed, have a clean desk, go to a place that will inspire you. And when the time's right and you can do that and you can afford it, either hire someone or explore with yourself and redecorate, reorganize your surroundings, not only where you're working, but also where you're living, where you're resting. This is your home. This is where you get... Cleaned. This is where you think. This is where you grieve. This is where you grow. So truly work on your environment. And as Marie Kondo suggests, you can go by theme. So say, for example, you start with clothes. So everywhere that you have clothes. So if you share your home with someone, you can all get um, donate some clothes, get rid of others. Um, being honest of what you're actually using and whatnot. You can do this with papers. And sometimes there are papers in the kitchen, like receipts, and there are papers in the office and then there are papers somewhere in the room and somewhere in the closet because you're still saving some cards so you can do that by themes or you can do what my sister and you can find her on instagram as casa libre which stands for free home um she is a decluttering expert and she is amazing and what she does is that she goes by areas so maybe she'll start in the kitchen or she'll start in the bedroom or the office And if you have less time, you don't have to start in the office, but start on your desk. Or you don't have to start in your bedroom, but start with your nightstand. So truly enhance your surroundings and your environments, because the less clutter that it is, the less clutter that your mind will be. And that will be shown on your results. Now, the fourth habit that I find that most successful people have is that they prioritize learning over entertainment. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying to go ahead and cancel your Netflix subscription. You don't need to do that. Or thinking that it's wrong to, I don't know, read, it's wrong to read a novel instead of a self-help book. Absolutely not. In fact, I prioritize rest to the point that it can make others feel very uncomfortable. And you can hear more about this on the previous episode. Podcast or reading about it in the blog as well. But I do want you to take advantage of your free time to learn. For instance, if when you're going to the restroom, you're just crawling mindlessly through TikTok, maybe take time to just take deep breaths or listening to five minutes of a podcast or doing 10 minutes of Duolingo that will help you feel a lot more inspired and productive. You can also allocate 15 to 20 minutes daily to learn and set this as a goal to actually achieve. Again, we will go over this on the Goal Getter Roadmap and you will learn so much more and you will see how easy it is to bring your goals into the physical realm and see the results much faster than we think. But what I want to ask you is just stop attaching your happiness and your success to other things. Because I find that the most common excuse is people or my clients saying, but I don't know how to do X, Y, and Z. Or when I learn X, Y, and Z, then I will do X, Y, and Z. And I invite you to stop conditioning your success to your lack of knowledge. And instead, learn. Knowledge is power. Allow yourself to learn more. And the last habit, the most successful Successful people have is that they heal and build a relationship with money. And there can be so much skepticism around this topic, but I want you to ask yourself this because most people have a relationship with food, right? Do you have one? Maybe you're categorizing some food as good or bad, or you're not. Maybe you're categorizing some food as healthy or unhealthy. A lot of people also have, we all have actually a relationship with body image. We all have our relationship with sleep. So who says we don't have our relationship with money? Money is not only a paper for transactions. This medium comes with a lot of energy around it. And we tend to repeat the patterns that our parents had and the ones that their parents had and the ones that their parents had and so on. But we can always build this relationship to have a lot of more financial freedom, location freedom, time freedom. And a lot of this comes down to our relationship with money. And we may be thinking, but it's all math, right? Um, It's all about spending less of what you're making. And yes, that makes sense. But if that would be the case, if that would be the only part of it, just the numerical part would be the only aspect that we should focus on and not the energetic one then no one will be in debt because if it would only be about spending less than what we earn, then it would be extremely easy. And it is not as easy as you're thinking to begin because once you're in it, you truly build a relationship with money and it is wonderful. You invite it in. You understand how deserving you are. And I do want you to focus on that in this part of you are safe, receiving and generating more, And you are deserving of receiving and generating more. Now that we've talked about these five habits, I do want you to know and warn you in a very positive way, this will help you become a much more magnetic person. Implementing the five steps that I just went over or five habits that most successful people have and also working your relationship with criticism, copy, envy, and success will make you someone that is much more magnetic and just naturally attracts things that become that, that seem impossible other or that others sold as that were impossible. So because of this, I would like you to comment a turtle on my very last post because I find that these creatures are awesome. They may have slow steps, but that reminds me of the 1% better each day. And these animals also swim in open water and they have this strong shell and I imagine this not so strong part inside, which is the vulnerability. And I imagine the shell as the limits and the boundaries that we set for ourselves. So please go ahead and show your support and your love and our community by commenting the turtle on my last post. And lastly, because we're finishing with three things each episode, I thought today, instead of sharing journal prompts, because I already shared quite a few, I wanted to share three learnings. And the first one comes from a content creator, which I love. She uh, she actually teaches other content creators how to have a more magnetic platform. And her name is Dani Schultz. And she said something on her podcast that I loved. It said, people don't come to your life to hurt you. They come to teach you a lesson. And this will all integrate with the first part of this episode. And I loved hearing that. The second learning that I have is, Celebrate your success and others' successes because shared happiness is much more powerful. Truly, it becomes a lot stronger. So just make this your natural state. Communicate it, voice it, hug, touch, celebrate. And then the last one is you are who you think you are. You are what you believe you can achieve. And also you are what you are doing. Not what you say you're going to do. Um, there's this quote that Jay Shetty mentioned from someone else, whom I cannot recall, but he mentioned one of his podcasts a while ago that said, "You are not who other. You're not what others think of you. You are also not what you think others think of you. But you are what you think of yourself." So I want to close this episode with that. And again, thanking you for being here, making this podcast as loving and vulnerable and safe as it is as a space. And I will see you next week.